This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. I'm back and feeling shittier than ever. <laughs> oh, lovely bit of singing to start the week off. Fantastic stuff. I know, with a sore throat and everything. You yes. you lucky people. I said, didn't I, before we started recording, that you sounded like you had a bit of a poorly throat. Yeah, and, no, uh, it's permanent. It's permanent. When you, when you become a seasoned podcaster like me, you, it's, it, it, you live with it. You have to live mm-hmm. with it. Like singers, yeah. you've got to go through your training like, la, 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 la what you have to do with podcasters is, it, you have to, is that what you do before you record is it go la 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 <laughs> as flat and, as that and during and during the podcast uh, see do. it's funny that you put it down to podcasting I just put it down to all that willy is that you know <laughs> listen I won't have any disparagement about me and my big dicks big dicks antics. big dicks hitting the back of your throat the coffee the coffee god's sake my kids watch this programme Max get in mind what are your kids is actually on the live now so hi Charlie behave sir yes I was very bad but we are back we are back from outer space that's a song isn't it what's that from the prodigy no look at your face out of space yeah but that's not I'm back from outer space to find another race yeah I know that remember that from my from my nightclubbing antics back in I will survive I will survive I was thinking of this is open to say a wrestling podcast and not a, a <laughs> classic disco <laughs> review podcast. With that look upon your face, they say, don't they? That's it. I will survive. Andy from Bang Bang Podcast, join me in. Cheers, Andy. We can always count on him, can't we, eh? No, no. I've heard no. today he doesn't like cheese, so he's gone down in my estimation. Oh, mate, my wife don't like cheese. Well, that... I'm sorry for your for your loss, sir. <laughs> I, mean, I say that she she'll you know she'll have like cheese or pizza or something like that. Or a bit Andy won't. Andy will scrape but... the cheese off the pizza. What? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. How do you do that though? Because the cheese will not take everything else off as well. I don't know. I, I I like cheese, so I would eat the cheese. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, obviously she's got a good taste, Andy. In the chat there, she's married me. <laughs> 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 Anyway, anyway, we are back. Let's start the show how we should, how we always do, with our usual fucking bollocks and nonsense. <laughs> good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am Sai. And with me, as always, is the Heart Foundation to my outsiders, the hitman to my short attention span, a podcaster who knows who he is, but doesn't know why he's here, the podfather <laughs> himself, Lord Max. How are we doing, my friend? That may be the most apt description that you've ever given me. I know who I am. But why the fuck do I keep coming back here? <laughs> um, yeah, um, normally I would say I'm doing really well. Um, I'm not now. Uh, we've had a, a pretty rough week in, in our household. Obviously, you, you guys will know that we didn't do any show last week. Um, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you'll find out that I wasn't on any of them. And that's because uh, we had a, a death in the family, a very significant one. Um, so we needed the time to kind of like deal with all that. Um, but hopefully um, we're, we're getting through the back end of it now and um, coming back to, to doing one of the things I love. Um, hopefully it'll be that kind of like um, therapy, I suppose. Anyway, so yeah, mm. doing better. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're doing a bit better, mate. And you know, as as I've said in messages and, and so on back and forth over the last week or two, you know, our, our thoughts and sending love and all that sort of stuff to you and Mrs. Mags and the rest of the family as well, Bird, you, all right? You really don't know how much it was appreciated by all of us. Um, yeah, just knowing that people out there uh, are thinking of us and, and giving a shit, it, yeah, it meant the world. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it, it, it does... You know, it does stand true. You know, you were in our thoughts. And as always, if you ever need anything, you got my number and so on, aren't you? So. Absolutely. Thank you very much. There we go, mate. There we go. Um, I want to bring up something very quickly, Magsy, that made me genuinely cross today. Shock. That's not you. You're normally really? very calm and collected. But I didn't, I didn't react. So if anything, I've been quite grown up about it. But That's I, even more of a shock. You've not been childish <laughs> and petulant. Well, I can tell you about me being a bit childish and petulant yesterday, actually, because I nearly got in a fight. <laughs> I'll, oh, tell you, wow. I'll tell you about yesterday first. Um, I went down the sh- local shop to get, uh, we need like cat food, dog food and whatnot. So I was walking down there, probably, I don't know what it had been, half six, seven o'clock at night. So it was just starting to get a bit dark, you know. And there was this car that I got to go over a big traffic set of traffic lights, it'd be crossroads okay. to get to the shop. So as I'm waiting for the green man to come on, like, you know, this car swings round, cuts across, you know, various lanes and effectively one wheel goes up on the, on the corner of the pavement and he's on his mobile phone. He's driving like S on his mobile phone and his windows open. And that is a, you know, the, the wife will say this in the, in the chat as well. No doubt. This is one of the biggest things I have, you know, this like this, this literally yeah. burns my piss. This I, mm-hmm. I, it, oh my goodness, it drives me mad. So I've got a habit of shouting at them. 
Mind your words, please, husband. The Bubba is watching. She says, "My wife in the chat." Yes, I will. I will. I've not got a bleep button. Never. I, I will put a bleep button in. <laughs> <laughs> you say that Sharon came home from a weekend away this week, uh, this weekend, and she goes, "I bought a swear jar," and without even thinking it, not even doing it for the comedy effect, right? That's going to cost me a fucking fortune. <laughs> naughty, naughty. I'm surprised I didn't just get yeeted straight in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. This guy, this guy has gone past. His window's open, and I, I, I shout at these people. I yell at these people when they're on the. Because to me, it's ridiculous. I mean, there was a literally a, a young kid and, and her mum and dad on mm-hmm. the other side of the road playing and stuff. So I shouted, "Get off the phone, you effing asshole!" At this blinks point, one I, word totally allows the second asshole. one. <laughs> Ass, asshole's all right, isn't it? Surely that's what she said. <laughs> Yes, father. No naughty words. Charlie says in the chat. I will try my best, Charlie. I will try my best. But yeah, I, I, I you effing a hole. I shouted at him. Get off your phone. And he pulls the car out, doesn't he? But well, I, 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 he's going to come out to square F. Hang oh. on, he does. He does. Hang on, he does. <laughs> I'm, I'm by this stage. I'm crossing the road. I'm going into the shop, and I sort of see at the corner of my eye that he stopped his car. So I go in the shop. I buy the stuff I need. I'm coming out. I got my little carrier bag and whatnot, and I'm, I'm ready to go home. Right? And this bloke at this point is crossing the road towards me by the shop. And he's shouting. And he, he had an accent. He's, uh, as many people are around my way, uh, of Eastern European descent. And he was, uh, look how diplomatic I put that. Sharon would be proud of me. Um, <laughs> uh, there were them foreigners. <laughs> yeah. And it basically, he's, he's, he's shouting along the lines of, what did you say? What did you say? Do you want fight me? Is effectively what he was saying. And, and he, he said you called me an effing asshole and you think I'm an, a- an asshole. And I said, well, no, I called you an asshole. I actually think you're a see you next Tuesday. Um, and by this point, the guy who runs the shop, who, who enjoys the smoke, he's outside the front of the shop um, with, with a big old joint on the go, watching this develop on the, on the road, <laughs> giggling to himself. Um, this guy's gobbed off. I've gobbed off back. Um, and he's basically doing the old-fashioned rolling up of the sleeves and ready to have some fisticuffs kind of action. He's looking incredibly <laughs> confrontational. And I've gone, I don't know why, and at the time, it made perfect sense. But now looking back, it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever said in any scenario. I literally turned and said to him, one minute, let me just pop my cat food down and I'll deal with this properly. <laughs> so, so I'm about to walk over and put my cat food down, turn back around because it looks like this bloke is going to start swinging punches. But as I put the cat food down, I've turned around and he's walking back to his car. Ah, so it was old talk. What yeah. a wimp. He knew I was serious when I was putting the pet food down, mate. Wow, what, what a, a wimp. Ass. So did he did he leave the scene and then that was the end of it? Well, I didn't see him again. He got, he got in the car and I did the old screechy wheels pulling off really fast, ah. macho type effort. Billy Big Nuts. Yeah, what a dick. But that's, that's, yeah. that was yesterday. That was yesterday when I reacted in a way that perhaps I shouldn't have. Today, I didn't react. And I kind of wish I had. When the same guy turned up outside your house. (laughs) I was uh, waiting in Gloucester Bus Station, which is always a hive of high quality individuals. You know, the the higher class of society frequent this Mm -hmm. building. Um, It's a bus station, obviously. (laughs) And I'm waiting for the bus that t- takes us out towards Stroud, effectively, but it goes right past an alleyway by my house. So even though it's the Stroud bus, there's a little cut through. It means I've got to walk virtually nowhere. It's great. It would be one an hour, but it works out fine for me. So I'm I'm waiting for this bus, and there's, shall we say, one of 
on the audio version, people won't be able to see me do this, but I'm, I'm doing air quotes. One of those families, if you know what I mean. You know, the I ones that know the, the ones that yeah, they yeah, they, they are chavs, but they're they're they're, they're proper fergals. You know, they're proper gross, dirty chavs. Do you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. We I, that's you, what you're describing there is ninety percent of Burnley. Yeah, well, Fergal, like I said to you before, I thought was a Burnley word. Well, it's not. Yeah, I know you told me it's not. We spoke about it like ages ago. But my ex-boss was a uh, was a fella from Burnley, and he used to call people a Fergal if they were scruffy or manky or whatever. And we said we'd never heard this before. And he said, "Oh, people in Burnley say it." So it blew. It he blew my, said it one yeah. time, probably whilst passing through Burnley. That's it. That's it. So you know, it blew my mind when you told me no, I've never heard that before. I was like, but no. but what? <laughs> But me and, and it's funny because me and my family, because of me working for that bloke for so long, it's just a common word for us. But no one mm-hmm. else in Gloucester says it either. It's literally just me, the wife, and the kids. <laughs> but it's anyway. a trend that you tried to a hashtag that you tried to get off the ground and it's not yes, worked. Exactly, exactly. Um, he's basically this Fergal family. I mean, they're like the, uh, the the typical um, the typical group that appear on the old Jamie Kyle show when that used to be going, you know, in, so, in their a, a shameless, kind of like the shameless family. Yeah. They got, you know, the, the sort of real bad meth head sets of teeth. You go in, you know, they, they, they're in tracksuits that look like I've been washed for about three months. The, the sort of, sort of family group that all live in one house. And the, the house number is the same as their collective IQ. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of level of person, you know, the, the sort of person that, I suppose. I mean, there was there was a couple, another fella, and a young kid. It's the sort of same sort of family where the, the bloke has married this this lady, and she fills the role of sister and wife in the same in the same oh, person. Jesus. It's that kind of vibe, you know. Um, but there by these sliding doors. Funnily enough, sliding doors that my new company made. And I noticed that today, and I proper geeked out about it. But there we go. Um, <laughs> these sliding doors came open, and a big bumblebee came in. Okay. A big old bumblebee. Yeah. Like, you know, this story needs to kind of like weave back in because this makes no sense so far. Yeah, this big bumblebee comes in, right? I mean, it's a big old size. It's like, you know, size of a 50p or whatever. It's a big old chunky bee, you know, one of the big fat furry ones. The ones that that scientifically should not be able to fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. And it flies in and, you know, it's just having a little flyaway and all that. And it goes a little bit close to this this little girl. Uh, so the dad just swats it away. And that's that's fine. You know, he's, he's getting it away for his side. He, he is. <laughs> he's, he's reminiscing. Uh, he, yeah, well, from this afternoon. And he swats the, this bumblebee away and he catches it with his hand um, just to get it away from his little face and that, which I, I fully appreciate. But that was where it should have ended. But where he's bumped the bee, it's, it's knocked onto the onto the ground. And the other one has picked up his push bike and just smashed this bee with his bike. And it was horrible. You know, no, and they're all. I, I think that should be a cram. Yeah. Killing bees should be a cram. Yeah, it, it, they were all laughing and joking about it, and oh man, I, I, oh, they're just disgusting, horrible, fergal bastards. I hate. I mean, them. If, I hate if it was a wasp, I would have laughed along because foot wasps, wasps are bastards. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Apologies, um, <laughs> but bees, no. no. I, I will protect bees till my dying day. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they they are fergals. It was horrible, mate. It was horrible. And they were laughing and joking about it. And, oh, yeah, we got that one good, didn't we? <laughs> it's off. Yeah. We beat, we killed a creature a million times smaller than, than us, aren't we? Yeah. Big, mean. 
with a Wank. big mountain bike wheel, and it, it, you, you could you could virtually hear it go like pop or snap. There was a big noise to it. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, oh, really, oh, really sorry. This is brilliant. It, we're getting told off in the chat by my youngest daughter here for the benefit of the people listening to the podcast version later in the week. Charlie's messaging us saying language because we've been swearing a little bit. So I, I am I am sorry, darling. But then, to be fair, it's past nine o'clock, and you know, when the podcast comes out, it does have a little e next to it to say you know explicit content. Explicit, so. yeah. Mm. But so we also do on. know that your youngest child is in the chat, so we should yeah. we should be being here. Anyway, what was the point of the story? You well, that was you it. Didn't I kick just, off. You just no. I, you just I didn't allowed him to kill a bee, and you did nothing. That's, that's no. But that I, was inside, you being an adult. I was, was it? raging inside. I was raging. But they're the type of people that would like, I don't know, stick a needle in you and stuff, wouldn't they? Because they're that sort of <laughs> gross. Do you know what I mean? The, the kid, the kid's probably a smack rat. You know, it's yeah. like they're all probably addicted to whatever. They're just absolutely disgusting people. You know? Yeah, they they are definitely the kind of people you just don't get into an argument with yeah. because they're already idiots and they'll drag you down to their level and then mm. they'll beat you with experience. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And they obviously just didn't care. Nothing I'm going to say to them is going to change their minds. So. Wow, you are being outed, yeah. bad. <laughs> What's she saying there? The I chat? am used to it. Daddy always swears. Well, um, mm. I know somebody who works in social services, so I'll have a quick word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking of the chats, then, Magsy, shall we have a little look through? We have, and we've got a, a packed crowd today. Uh, Dan Griffin coming in hard just before we start. This show is going to slap harder than Will Smith at the Oscars. <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 have a little bit of a chat about that. Um, what did have you seen the incident? Yeah, I've seen like a clip of it. Yeah, I mean, what did you think about it? What wasn't his wife shagging about? Yeah, uh, well, uh, she wanted this kind of open relationship. He clearly wasn't as into it as her, but he allowed it. Yeah, and they had this they had this podcast called I think it's called the Red Table Podcast. Uh, and they spoke about this this kind of uh, relationship, and she's got a boyfriend who's maybe like twenty, or she had a boyfriend who's like twenty odd years younger, and Will is clearly uncomfortable about it. Um, so, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, okay. But it was it was a weird incident because you see Will laughing at the joke. Yeah, at first, and, and then, then you see, misses, doesn't he? and she's like. And that's when he reacts. That, I mean, I get him reacting. Yeah, at the end of the day, if someone's having a dig at your your missus for for a physical appearance or something that you can't help, you are going to react unless you're sad. Then you just mumble under your breath and, and allow it to go on. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm not no, married no, to a no, bee. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are you all about? <laughs> no, but I, I can understand his reaction. It's the laughing along and then reacting when when you've seen that that person's offended about it, they mm. just, it felt a little bit, um, two faced kind of okay, from, yeah. from Will Smith. Uh, and then he did his, uh, his speech afterwards, uh, which felt a bit like playing the victim almost, I suppose. Uh, I'm not, not saying, speech. yeah. I'm, and this is not me, uh, condoning the joke by Chris Rock. I think it was ill, ill-timed, very poor taste. um, but yeah, it's uh, it just felt like a bit of um, handbags at, at dawn kind of thing for me. There are people online saying it's a work. You seen that? I mean, I have seen the the slow mo of, of the of the slapping. It doesn't make that much contact. No, 
No. Mm. Ric Flair oh. sold better slaps than that. Well, perhaps he was watching like Scott Hall from our match later on, you know, throwing those really I mean, impressive... Maybe, maybe right he's hand. listening now and yeah. he's he's so offended he's going to come round, round my gaff and give me a slap. I, I hope the webcam's on when that happens. I, I'll film it. <laughs> That'll be going up as a TikTok, believe me. So, yeah, we've got Dan You're in the chat. Now, you? You're all about the TikTok now. Yeah, I've dumped Twitter now. Twitter's in the, in the rear view. Oh, mate. <laughs> I'm down with the cool kids I can't help it yeah. um, so Sharon's in the chat uh, and obviously uh, young Charlie apologies again Charlie for such a <laughs> horrific opening to this show uh, Marker how are you sir uh, Andy from Big Bang um, we've got uh, Graham from Good Cop Bad Cop saying that he's uh, he's not sticking around long he's got to go and watch the highlights of the final round of the Texas State champ, champ piponship Disc golf tournament. Championship. Sad. That's more important than an ordinary that's more important than an ordinary championship. You've got to win a championship to qualify for the championship. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh Marcus said the fifteen pounds of cat food that you was carrying, you could have used as a weapon. Uh maybe, but I don't get paid till Wednesday, so I'm literally buying can by can just to sort of bundle through to the to the middle of the week. <laughs> Fair so that it wasn't fifty, but it was one pound, one pound yeah. can. ATP um, like <laughs> Andy wants to know what a Fergal is, and um Sharon is confirming that she does not say the word Fergal. Okay. A Fergal and is a really horrible, scruffy, trampy bastard, basically. And and Charlie confirming that it's because she's a nice parent some you're being outed in this episode sir yeah. you're not being outed uh scottish danny's in um confirmed there by sharon uh hello colin mccallier and uh mm-hmm. graham threw a joke in the chat from billix um and it goes off what you were saying about uh the the fergals uh, a guy came to me after the show and said i'd like to introduce my wife and sister and there was just one woman standing there yeah, is that kind of scenario, yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, you also chastise you for your language at 4pm. It's not 4pm here, though. It's past the watershed here. I'm used to it, Daddy. <laughs> swears. I think yeah. that's the name of the next episode. For, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're supposed to be effing role models. I mean, one of us is. I wasn't the one swearing. It was this guy. You ha- You swore. You did swear. You dropped an F-bomb in now, I'm very certain. I might have done. And I might have said wanker a couple of times. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Arguing with stupid people is like playing chess with a pigeon. It'll just shit all, all over the board <laughs> and strut around like it's won. That, that's really good. That's really good, actually, because it is that sort of situation where these people won't listen to reason and they are that dumb that they just think going, yeah, your mum or something means they've mm-hmm. won the argument, you know? And also, I'm not allowed to make fun of you because that's rude. Yeah, so. I don't know if that's directed at me, to be fair. I think that might be somebody else. Okay. Who? Who? I, don't I mean, know. the I don't chat make it. I mean, we, we're doing what we normally do in the chat. They're ignoring us and having a conversation <laughs> all between themselves. Um, I've literally seen Sar's demeanor change when somebody got nasty to me. He was all calm and collected. Until they turned in my direction, then all bets are off. I would love to see Sag or Viking on someone. <laughs> uh, there's been a few occasions where there's been a disagreement with whatever. And I like to think I'm quite, I, I'm, I'm sensible enough to be able just to talk my way through most things. I don't want to get involved in that kind of nonsense. Apart from when I'm shouting at cars, obviously. And um, <laughs> yeah, the, the instance that Sharon's mentioned in there, yeah, I can, uh, 
I, I can remember those and it was like they turned and spoke to my wife in a bit of a had a bit of a tone in their voice and yeah i, I don't I, I don't remember exactly what i did after that because i kind of lost my rag but yeah i know what you mean so <laughs> and, and then he spent 28 days in prison for murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah um andy said he's met fergal charker i mean i don't know which fergal charker fergal do you reckon i don't know who fergal shock is oh you do the, the do one hit wonder singer what did he say I can't even remember the song. It was that terrible. Andy'll know. Andy, what are you seeing in the chat, mate? Yeah, Andy's met him. Um, so and yeah, we were both swearing apparently, and also I'm allowed to make fun of you, and Charlie will laugh. Brilliant. Thanks for sticking up for me, Charlie. <laughs> Sad the berserker. Uh, he actually. Can you imagine him just like storming to the ring, going "Hus, hus, hus"? That'd be brilliant. And launching people, <laughs> storming to the corner shop in like big woolly boots and pat my pants. <laughs> woolly boots held on with with brown masking tape as well. Yeah. Um, and Sarah shouting at cars will be an excellent YouTube bid. And the song is a good heart. I remember that now. A good heart these days is hard to find a good heart i don't think i do know that you you will do i'm I? not playing it because we'll get copyright claimed yeah. but you do know again <laughs> yeah <laughs> again. for the, like, the third time now. <laughs> i'll play a bit on the audio version i'll track it down now. it might even be playing as we're talking name it could well be it could well be if it's not it's because I've forgotten (laughs) (laughs) as per yes exactly mate exactly ah okie doke then shall we jump on to Twitter and wherever else and get a little look at our non-wrestling topic this week Max oh no we've got Hall of Lane to look at haven't we look at this week off and he just forgets all of the brilliant i love that jingle <laughs> it's, it's amazing uh yes the hall of lane where embarrassing shoddy pathetic wrestling gimmicks or moments go to hopefully die and never darken our doors again magsy what you got for us this week bud so shall we go to um i, th- I think we're looking at 2005 for man so okay. 2005 draft lottery um in june and one of the, the the they did kind of the last minute trades before the 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 draft closed, and one of them that was uh, traded was uh, Chavo Guerrero. Okay, you know where this is going already, don't you? Yeah, because so, I was gonna I, I was gonna pick him, but some some sort of popped in my head that, that took me away from it. So he was part of the original SmackDown Six that made SmackDown the the go to show, and he was traded to Raw, and when he turned upon Raw. Chavo had a little bit of a, <laughs> bit of a gimmick change. He'd, uh, he'd dyed his very dark hair platinum blonde. He came out wearing a vest, a green vest, and golf pants and golf shoes. Um, he denounces his Mexican heritage, and he uh, he favours the Anglo-American way of life now. Um, he also calls himself... <laughs> Kerwin Watt. So he's a, a, a formerly Mexican 
white person called Kerwin White who hates Mexicans, calls them um, basically um, Fergals. <laughs> says, those Mexican Fergals. <laughs> those Mexican Fergals. Um, so uh, this went down like a lead balloon. He hated every uh, race, colour, creed apart from white people mentions uh african americans hispanics native americans asian americans uh goes into a feud with uh with uh shelter benjamin uh and this like i said went down like an absolute lead balloon um he eventually did hire a caddy of his own uh one nick nemeth who went on to be uh, a bigger star in in the spirit squad and did a little bit as dolph ziggler uh, mm. i don't really know if he's done much since um, but if there is one kind of shining uh, thing to come out of the the very sad and unfortunate passing of uh, of Eddie Guerrero was that it killed this gimmick Stone Dead because yeah. uh, essentially uh, Chavo went back to being the Chavo Guerrero that 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 we knew from Los Guerreros and and being part of that that dynasty. Um, and I want to kind of end it with uh, with the the saying that he would have after every promo. So, Charvo, <laughs> as Kerwin White, his 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 uh, his closing was: "If it's not Kerwin White, it's not right." Oh dear, dear, dear! Oh my <laughs> Yeah, it makes me cringe just to know how how on-the-nose racist this actually was. Yeah, not good at all. So, it, it's my first awful. pick is Kerwin Watt. Yeah, oh, just shockingly bad, mate. Shockingly bad. You know, it's 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 funny how often WWE, WWF, whatever, would use race to try and get heat. It's just, well, I say it's funny. It's not funny. It, it's terrible. It's bad how often they revisited it, even in sort of more modern times you know oh, it was such a bad gimmick it was terrible wasn't it yeah and, and Chavo did a, a, an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet about it and they, they spoke uh, about his feelings and it was one of those kind of WWE things where we've got a gimmick for you um, but if you don't like it you, you're essentially sat in catering so it was mm. this or nothing for him uh, and he he embraced it he said I, I really it, this could have been this, he looked at this as an opportunity, so he, he lent into getting all the heat he could. He wanted to be the, the biggest heat man on the show, wanted uh, everybody to hate him to the point where he was farting his way backstage to really kind of uh, make the best of this situation. Um, obviously, it didn't work like that. He was getting booed, but it was it was more get-off-our-screens kind of yeah. booze. Um, and he, he speaks about how the gimmick was just dropped straight away. Uh, but he does also mention that, that Vince actually approached him about the the, the, the raw after Eddie Guerrero's passing. And he, he he said, Chavo, if you don't want the show to go ahead, we will cancel the show. Um, which is kind of... Um, Interesting if you if you look at how the 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 WWE worked with with Owen Hart over the edge and how the show had to go on. It's interesting that that Vince gave Charvo the the say so whether this Raw would would go ahead and 
and Chavo says Eddie would not have wanted the show to to be cancelled. He 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 was an entertainer at heart, and and he would have wanted the show to go on. So that was why they did the the kind of uh, the um, the the show geared towards memorialising Eddie Guerrero. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, still doesn't make up for a horrific, horrific no. racist gimmick and a horrific golf based race gimmick as well. Yeah, shocking. He just looked. It, I know this is not the worst part of it in any stretch of the stretch of imagination, but when you see a picture of him as Kerry and Moitazar, which you will be able to on the on the chain wrestling Twitter, all the Hall of Lames are, are put up each week, tagged together, hashtag Hall of Lame, so you can go back and just look at pictures of all of them. He just looks like a right knobhead as well, doesn't he? <laughs> it's so bad. It's so so bad. Um, yeah, it's. There was never any good going to come from this gimmick whatsoever. No, no, definitely not. I don't know if my my entrance into the Hall of Lame is as bad because I don't think it's race based, you know. But at the same time, it is really shit. So it's, uh, I mean, so it's it could be bad. Just racism doesn't necessarily mean the worst. I mean, it mm. is bad in terms of gimmicks. That is. Yeah, I'm dipping into WCW again, Maxi. I'm dipping into. W- <laughs> I'm dipping into WCW 1995 again, Maxi. Oh, after chucking the Yeti in the other week, because I'm amazed that I haven't put this in already. Especially considering on on how often on Nitro Nights, Scottish Danny and I slate this dude. And I'm going for this week the man of many many gimmicks, but I'm picking this one specific gimmick that we're watching on Nitro Nights at the moment. The man from Yin and Yang, the Zodiac. Oh, it's so bad. It's the one of the worst things that we're currently watching. I mean, there is a lot of crap that we're so you know sort of plowing through on Nitro Nights. The fact that this is one of the worst things on on the on the show shows how bad it is. You know, Dan Griffin there saying, "I don't know." I didn't know sign you anything about WCW. I don't, mate. I just wing it, really. I just... <laughs> the Zodiac, played by Brutus Beefcake, for, of former he Barbara Fane. Booty, booty man fan. Oh, yeah. I think we've still got that to come. The Disciple. Yeah. Bo- yeah this, I think we got Booty Man after Zodiac on Nitro Nights. So oh, maybe chucking Jesus. him in more than one. He may be in there multiple times, mate. He may be in multiple Hall of Lamer. But yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, the, the master, as he's referred to, the, the head of the Dungeon of Doom, presents the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, his son, with this new warrior to help him fight against Hulkamania. And it's oh. it's basically just Brutus Beefcake with his face painted black and white. And all he can say is, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And he walks to the ring with his arms like, kind of like Giant Gonzalez esque i suppose when he came down in the rumble in 93 of his arms up in the air and out like that that's how the zodiac would walk around and he kind of stomps about going yes no yes no and he's described as being from yin and yang and re- often referred to as he's a man who has walked in dark and walked in light and it's like well i think most people have done that <laughs> <laughs> everybody in the in the world has done that <laughs> i don't think it's unique just to this fella i'm fairly certain you know, I mean, I'm literally today. I think I've walked in 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 dark and light. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, how do you pitch these as ideas, and then oh. the creative team go, "Bloody hell, that's a good one. We'll make a million dollars off that idea." Oh, mate, it's so so bad. And again, just looking at the face paint, the black and white gear is it is shocking. In in a company that is 
pretty dire at this point mm-hmm. in 1995. This is one of the worst things on the screen. And it is that bad. So, yeah, my entrance into the Hall of Lame this week is The Zodiac. And both picks are getting a hell of a lot of love in the chat. Um, Chavo Guerrero by way of Pete Gas. Whoa, whoa. I will not have any Pete Gas besmirchment on this. (laughs) If I ever veto a pick going into Hall of Fame, the Mean Street Posse will receive that veto. They will never go into the Hall of Lame. They were awesome. This comment here by uh, Bang Bang Andy as well that's just come in is potentially the greatest comment we have had in the history of chain wrestling chats. Kevin Sullivan was a Fergal. <laughs> he really was. Fergal Sullivan. <laughs> Fergal Sullivan, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Dan Dan saying, a man who walked through a park on a sunny day doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Yeah, I suppose. It's not quite as menacing, is it, really? Right, let's just mute Dan Griffin whilst we are here. Um, no, they were not. Absolutely, they were not. Pete Gas nearly broke his neck for the business. That you put a bit of respect on that guy's name. Did he nearly break his neck by being a bit shit though? I mean, they, they weren't trained wrestlers. They, no. they really weren't. Um, he was one of the legitimately one of Shane McMahon's friends. Uh, I think Joey Abs, the big, the big guy. He was. Uh, a trainee potential wrestler, uh, but the other two, uh, Pete Gass and Rodney, was the Rod- Rodney? I think was the other yeah, one. definitely, yeah, definitely Rodney. Because I nearly used Rodney in my link for today. Funnily enough, I was going to use Yoko Zuna, whose real name who won the '93 Rumble, whose real name is Rodney, and I started looking yeah. at wrestlers whose real name is Rodney, and it took me to the Mean Street Posse. How weird is that? That's not weird at all. Um, well, it is a bit, isn't it? That we're talking about him again now. We haven't yeah, mentioned. I mean, there's a, a coincidence them. there. Isn't we haven't there? mentioned. <laughs> we've done like over a year's worth of shows, pushing seventy episodes. I don't think we've spoke about the Mean Street Posse once, and now we're talking about them twice in the same show. That, that's yeah, a coincidence. Oh, fuck off, Max. <laughs> <laughs> wish you, I wish he didn't come back this week now. <laughs> I enjoyed we that put, week off. <laughs> we could have just set the thing up and like just played a bit of music and you and me could just clear off and let everyone just chat amongst themselves. Right, so, so essentially, the, I'll get back to the Pete Gas story. Thank you. Uh, so essentially, one of the Rumbles, I think it, I think it's maybe the, the 2000 Royal Rumble, um, the, the Main Street Posse hit the ring to, to defend Shane. Um... Pete Gas goes to slide in the ring, misjudges the rope. Rope essentially just neck goes straight into his face and into his neck. He gets into the ring, clearly like dazed, turns around, massive clothesline by uh, um, Bradshaw, and then catches his, his, his head on the rope again on the way out. So that guy nearly died for everyone's entertainment. Yeah, okay, I suppose. And he also did show Shane how to punch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I like the sweater vests, mate. The, the knitted vests, they were cool. Yeah. No, they, they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> anyway, we need to crack on, mate, because we're 40 minutes in early and we've still not got to Twitter yet. So, Well, let's get to Twitter. I told you we should have got to Twitter earlier, but you wanted to do the, the ridiculous Hall of Lame. I want to talk about the Bumblebee as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that story that needed to happen. Yeah, it did. It did. Show you how grown up I am. Anyway, our non wrestling topic this week was school days and literally anything and everything that applies to being at school, whether you had a fave teacher or a teacher you hated, 
um, punishments you received, bunking off from lessons, you know, crushes you had, sports day stories, anything at all, literally school days linked. And we had quite a few responses again, Maxie, didn't we? We did. I mean, I've not read them this time. Nor have I. Uh, so... No, I've literally, I've literally had some come in in the ten minutes before we went on air. And I've just screenshotted them and not even read them, so I could be reading out anything here. This could be what gets us cancelled. We'll have to wait and see. Ooh, I think exciting. this may, this may be the uh, one of a very long list of reasons why we mm. end up getting cancelled. But let's get into it. Yeah, that's that. I'm going to read them out mm. in the order they came into us. Uh, there are a couple via DM and a couple via WhatsApp that I will. Matt Willis. Actually, Matt hasn't sent anything in this week. Oh, what a letdown. And he said he'd be in the chat today as well. Uh, two for two, Matt. Well, he messaged me to say he's not in the chat. No, he's not in the chat. No. But he said he would be. Oh, right. No, he messaged me to say he's not going to be in the chat. Well, yeah, because he, he told me that he would. So if he messaged me saying that, I would have chastised him. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, we start with... At MortyJR5 on Twitter. Gregor? Yes, well, definitely. No, actually, no, no. I found out things about Morty that, that has turned my stomach. He uh, he looks very much like the Beast from uh, The Chase. Okay. Yeah, is, that, I mean, is that what turned your stomach? Is that the, is that the extent of the, the, the horror? Uh, no, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, essentially a few of us were included in a, a Biscuits Vision podcast yeah. where we uh, gave points to the Biscuits, essentially in a Eurovision style. Um, and he and Fitch hosted. Fitch, he he loves his Brexit, let's just put it like that. Uh, okay. And, and Morte looks like Mark Labatt or Labatt from, from the chase. With tuxedo and um, bow tie and everything. Ah, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I could have been a lot worse when you said you find out things about Morty that absolutely. I don't want to give away. I, I want you to listen to the to the podcast. I will listen to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then make your own decisions on whether Mort is a, a person to look up to or not. Okay, I will. I will do that, and I, Friday it comes out, doesn't it? I will do that, and I will. Uh, I believe so. Get back to you. Yeah. Am I right to carry on my magazine? Or? Yeah, that's fine. I yeah? mean, you didn't okay. have to stop on my accord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Morty says uh, he was lucky in his school. The rule was three suspensions, and you're out. But he had seven in his first year. <laughs> okay, doesn't actually explain what he got suspended for, but there we go. Um, his fave teachers were the two that stopped him from being expelled. His school was feral, apparently. And now I read that as Fergal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Fergal school. Uh, he continues, me and a friend, uh, well, he and a friend, accidentally started a fire. But yeah, I like the way you d- changed that so it didn't sound like you started the yeah. fire. <laughs> I'm not getting inc- I'm not incriminating myself, mate. No chance. Um, he and a friend accidentally started a fire behind the school. And then I realised as I type it, it's something that he and his mate had never said before. So he's literally just so admitting to crimes to yeah. us. Um, I may ring the police. I may have to. Mm. We might be obliged to. Yeah. Do you reckon? Mm. I'll leave that up to you, mate, because that sounds like something <laughs> I'm, I'm going to forget about. So. Um, <laughs> uh, Morty continues. He had a teacher called Mr. Dunbar, and he can't remember why, but I started a rumour that I saw him outside the science block smoking weed. 
and started the name Doobie Dunbar, which stuck for years. Uh, our last day, we sang we sang it to the tune of "I Want to Break Free." Dunbar wants to smoke weed. <laughs> wow, what? He doesn't come across as that kind of person. No, he doesn't Mortis or what he doesn't um, say I am is shocked to that. What he doesn't say here is that Mr. Dunbar got like you know struck off and like yeah and weed. went to jail. Yeah, <laughs> spent five and, uh, years in jail. Spiraled into a terrible depression and is sadly no longer with us. Maybe you know? <laughs> and I'd imagine they've got Morty's address already. Yes, <laughs> I enough. believe that they may have. <laughs> uh our good friend scottish danny at scottish juggalo on twitter he says terminator 3 the rise of the machines had just come out in cinemas no one in his class was old enough to go and see it however we had a science teacher who was cool he bought 30 by 30 pirate vhs tapes (laughs) and he sold them to us for two pound each yes he was sacked for this a short time later so this teacher's pirating Terminator 3. A sack for 60 quid. <laughs> Brilliant. That is amazing. I'm glad I didn't read these now because that's that's absolutely nailed it. Ask him if he if he's got any if he still does them. Because I could do with some pirated movies. What, on VHS? <laughs> yeah, that is true. I'd have to ask him if he's got a spare VHS player. I've got a VHS player. I've got to move it off this chair yeah. every time I sit down to record. It's just, it's, it's always on my chair. Throw it away. No, I'm not going to throw it's it dead, away. It's dead tech. No, I'm not going to throw it away. I found a couple of blank tapes the other day and I wired it all up and plugged these blank tapes in to see what was on them. And for some reason, I'd recorded a radio station off the, off the cable channels for four hours. Why did mm, I do that? I, I don't believe. I think you tried to record Babe Station off the scrambled channels for yeah, four I, hours. I, I ended up with Planet Rock by accident, <laughs> putting it on. Wait, sat there thinking, "Great, I'm going to look at uh, yeah. like, oh, here we go." Nah, this is going to be a struggle, wank, but I will pull through. <laughs> Let's look at the boobs and berm. Oh no, it's Bruce Dickinson talking about music. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my sister messaged in uh, via WhatsApp and said, you've got to tell the story about your best friend breaking my arm. And I said, remind me of this again. So she said that when we were in junior school, she was doing my head in. I said, I'll just get rid of my sister to a mate of mine who pushed her over and it broke her arm. (laughs) Oh my God. No one at school believed her. She had to pretend that she was being sick to get sent home. But no one was at our home. And obviously, this is before mobile phones. So my No one mum, believed that she had a broken arm? No. Nah, no. Nah. Like, what about when she, like... Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was all, like, Sid Vicious's leg. I don't know if it was all like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, oh, Captain Jelly Shin. You know, I don't think it was, like... I don't know if it was like that. But no one believed her that she'd really hurt her arm. And she ended up uh, having to get my dad's mum who's no longer with us now, but who at times when we were little was a bit of a scary lady to come and collect her. And Hazel continues, Nanny Powell picking me up from school was one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> it refixed a broken arm. <laughs> yes, it did indeed. <laughs> uh, we have messages here from Charlie, if she's still in the chat. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block out the names here because I don't want my little girl getting herself in trouble, even though she's... And this is one I have read yes. because it's hilarious. Yes. Bear in mind, Charlie is is still quite young as well, but she's formed formed some pretty strong opinions. 
Charlie is 12 and is still taught by these teachers on a daily basis. So that's why I'm not putting the names in the tweet. Even even though she says, I don't care, what are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> All they'll do is, no, I don't like them. Yeah. Charlie says, hated teachers, I have two. Such and such is the most hated. I really hate him. And then Miss something or other. Miss something or other is really strict and annoying. And I said, are these teachers you still have? She responded, yes. I was like, hmm, do you really want me to read this out on chain wrestling with me and Max, if they're still your teachers now? And she basically says, I don't care. If they see this, they will then just know I hate them. What are they going to (laughs) do? And I went and spoke to Charlie uh, before we started broadcasting. And I said, "Um, um, what do you think about me reading this out on the show, Charlie? Do you still want me to do it? And she said, yeah, I don't care if they find out that I've said this because it's not my fault. I hate them. They've behaved nastily and they've made me hate them. And I was like, somewhere, there's actually quite quite sound logic that's, in that. That's, that is very, very logical. So, yeah. stop being a tosser. Why have you given his fucking name, mate? <laughs> I've literally just been sat here going, Mr. Such and Such. And- oh, so you do blank stuff out, and, and then when I say it, I'm in trouble, but you swear, and that's perfectly fine. Well, no, swearing, yeah. I, mean, I don't want my yeah. daughter's teacher. To, I'm saying that I can't imagine Charlie, Charlie's teachers watch chain wrestling. I can't imagine that. I don't Can know. You but... ma- I mean, if you're listening. Doctor's not his first name. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> assume it's Emmett. I just assume it's Emmett from Back to the Emmett, Future. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Great if you stuff. are listening, if you are listening, uh, <laughs> stop bullying Charlie, you absolute wet wap, or else you'll go in the Hall of Lame. <laughs> moving on <laughs> uh, ja ja at 80s and 90s wrestling on twitter he says here i remember bunking off when slipknot came to play in time we went up time as a- <laughs> it's such a such an old school way of calling scarving yeah bunking well, I, off. I said i said bunking off as well but you you live in a land of tractors we're bunking <laughs> off okay um, <laughs> we're bunking off with the Fergals <laughs> there's a lot of Fergals in my school mate I'll tell you that I went out of half of them I remember bunking off <laughs> I remember bunking off when Slipknot came to play in time we went up time as a load of boars were protesting against them and we thought it was really funny got in trouble as we shared the playing field of another school and on their sports day we pelted stuff at them it was lovely <laughs> it was lovely brilliant oh uh, brilliant stuff uh dan griffin at dan griffin 21 on twitter says his most hated teacher was my year 10 maths teacher mrs Royley, who predicted i'd get a b i got an a and she called it disappointing <laughs> she was just mad she finds the caricature of her i drew in the back of my book fucking twat he's in but <laughs> amazing uh say what you really think dan yeah um dan continues Got him, got him to an A, and yeah. still picks on the teacher. That's, that's mean, Dan. Grew up. Well, he says that the teacher predicted a B. He got an A, and she was disappointed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because he should have had an A star. So he's a yeah. it's a letdown, Dan. You're, you're an underachiever, Dan. <laughs> Getting an A. Can you imagine an A and you being disappointed with an A? Must try harder. Is pretty much what every single one of my school reports said. But there we go. Uh, best sports day, Dan continues, is oddly wholesome for me. I was in year six primary school and the year threes were doing the egg and spoon. One of the year threes had cerebral palsy, so struggled with balancing the egg. I went to help when they were struggling to make sure they finished. 
That um, is, that's a really, really selfless thing to do. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I personally would have gone, thank God, I'm definitely not coming last. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. To this day, Dan continues, it's the most proud of me my mum has ever been. <laughs> This says a lot about the rest of my life since, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. The overriding thing from my school days, Dan continues, is that I was bullied for the majority of it. But my advice to anyone listening, and this I have read already, and it is fucking fantastic. And my girls are still listening in the chat or any other children listening to the podcast version or in the chat. And even Dr. Brown, if you're yeah. listening. Brown. You might as well just carry on calling your name now, seeing as Max has exposed it. I um, can't remember <laughs> the other teacher, though, so they no. get away with it. <laughs> yeah. The overriding thing for my school days is that I was bullied for the majority of it. But my advice to anyone listening who's going through anything similar is this. The bullies' words do not matter, and their <laughs> opinions do not define you. Be yourself. Be the best you can be. 100% Dan. Absolutely yeah. spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Dr. Brown, if that's Mr. your real Dr. name. I don't think he's actually a doctor. I really don't. Who has the first name with only two letters in it? What a dick. You know? Oh, hang on. Size one got two letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even twig when I said that. <laughs> yeah, size got two letters. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. He says, he's he sent us quite a few here, so I'm just going to run through them quickly. Uh, listening to my favourite health and fitness podcast, one of the guys uh, talks about he has ADHD, and it makes sense for him now, 25 years later, why he couldn't learn and identifies the behaviours he has to attribute to the illness now. Is I bring this up because it, I clearly have it, a mild form. And it explains my behaviour. I don't know if it's that mild. I've I've seen no. a lot of Steve O's videos. Yeah, I think it's very extensive. No, but <laughs> it is a it is a serious uh, issue. My my younger son Carlos, he suffered with that really really badly ADHD, mm. and then on top of that, he, he was dyslexic, so he really kind of struggled in school, which leads uh, kids who get frustrated struggling in school to lead to being maybe labelled the the bad kids, the naughty kids. Yeah, um, yeah and it, it, it takes a lot of work to kind of get out of that mindset. Uh, and thankfully, uh, with a, a lot of uh, pushing from, from me and uh, his mum, he's, he's doing really well. He's, he's actually at uni now, which is uh, oh, superb. Yeah. Oh, fair play, mate. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, Steve-O says, a mild form of it, he says, and explains my behaviour at school. I hated it, got bored very easily, Never learned anything, as of course was subject matter I had no interest in. The only thing I was good at was being an athlete, specifically in football and sprinting, either 100 or 200 metres. Actually won gold for our school at a national sports event for our 400 metre medley team. Anyhow, back then, 1999-2000-ish, these achievements weren't looked upon favourably if you weren't doing well in English, maths, geography, etc. Yeah. The funny thing is, fast forward 22 years, and it's now encouraged by teachers to build around the pupils' abilities in whatever subject. Rather than enforcing, yes, we all understand the fundamentals of learning history, IT, French, but it should never have been that way. Prioritising over, in my case, sport, I was told I wasn't allowed to do GCSE PE because I didn't get a C in maths, English, history. Looking mm -hmm. back, it's fucking criminal. From a friend's perspective, had lots of friends being the class claim, gives you a lot of passes with people. <laughs> class claim, brilliant. In fact, I see in the environment I work in now, retail, 
the difference in characters and how they'd be at school. The popular ones, the thick ones, the good looking, the funny. Hard I hard I pretty much do psychology lessons to help me understand the thought process in people and why they act like they do and how to combat it for my own greater good. School sadly almost defines who you are in later life, as it literally is your developing years as a human. It took me until I was 17, two years after leaving, that there were girls outside of my school year that were other friends I can make. There are people that are your peers that are willing to encourage your abilities to further and better yourself. Sadly, some of the girls, some of the bullying, specifically from girls, has psychologically fucked me to this day, which is a real big shame. Um, I never had physical but mental abuse, essentially just being called ugly, looking like various animals. Like I say, in your developing years, it stays with you, like an abusive parent, adult or child. The irony is it has made me a much stronger person. Rightly or wrongly, I stand up to bullies, and if needs and if needs to get physical, I have no issue doing so. I only have three friends in my life from school. Two are brothers that are that were neighbours at the time, but the majority moved on to pastures new. A lot I know have moved on into trade, like builder, electrician, plasterer, etc., and married. I'm still a very immature, petulant kid, but sometimes I genuinely put put that down to the fact people take life too seriously, and I try and lighten the mood. Fair enough, Steve. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I think what what Steve all highlights there is um, that there's different ways to um, to approach um, how bullying can affect people. Steve all has, mm. has taken the uh, the mindset that it's made him a stronger person, uh, but it did he, he acknowledges how much it affects him. Um, other people, it, it affects them for the rest of their life. It, it really puts in. Um, in them in a mindset where they are never going to be good enough. Um, those kind of developmental years in, in, in school uh, can be some of the hardest uh, mm. times for, uh, for, for kids because you are learning who you are as a person. And if everybody around you is telling you that you are worthless, that, that, that can stick with you. That can really, uh, and as Steve says, it, it, it it, it stuck with him in terms of um, uh, the bullying that, uh, from, from from the girls. Um, that kind of thing can affect you years and years and years down the line and affect your future relationships, affect your your career prospects. So, yeah, there's, a, there's no... I, I don't think there's any kind of one-size-fits-all way of approaching uh, how to uh, react to bullying. Um, just know that there's support out there for you, that, that people... Not everybody has the mindset of these bullies. Uh, there are people who will help encourage you, who will help uh, you be the person that you that you you can be. Um, and the one defining thing that Steve O says is that, and also Dan, uh, he mentioned it in his that these bullies are looking to intimidate and to uh, force their insecurities onto you. You you have to have that 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 mindset and that ideology that they don't define you as a person. You mm-hmm. can go on and, and achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, uh, and just try to not live your life in in the in the specter of what these these people say because they will ruin your life if you don't. If you if you yeah. allow them, they will they will torment your life. You've got to. You, you've got to be your own person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, there's so many times now I look back. I mean, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. I've been a heavy metal fan my whole life. 
and there was so much so many times i hid those things from other people when i was a kid for fear of being picked on and la- and i did get picked on and laughed at i got called all sorts of names for like in wrestling and you can imagine you know watching sweaty men rolling around together you can imagine the the, the derogatory terms that were thrown my way and it got pretty horrific sometimes and you know i felt like i, I, got, I had no one to talk to because i didn't really have any other mates who liked wrestling either you know and that's just one sort of very mild example some of the things you hear other people go through is just absolutely terrifying and horrific and it just just shot and dan makes a really good point in the chat there actually about bullying being horrific and he can't mm-hmm. uh, imagine how much worse it is now with social media and the constant access to people because it is yeah. it would be like if, if you've got a facebook and, and all this sort of an instagram and whatever else the kids have now that, that that's popular you know it's it's like you can't escape because those buddies are still able to get at you in your own house. And it's just, I, I, I hope and pray that if anything happened with regards to like picking on or bullying or genuinely upsetting any of my kids, that they wouldn't just hide themselves away. They come and speak to me or the wife. I'm, I, I, they would, cause they, they know, they know we're always there for them, but it's just, it's a constant worry as a parent in that scenario, you know, being bullied myself and knowing how upset and lonely and, and horrific I felt over something that's probably nowhere near as bad as some of the experiences that we're reading out from people like Steve and so on today. It really, uh, really makes me worry. Even though my kids come across like they're saying, it makes me worry. Is there anything going on that I don't know about or anything that just because I don't want them to feel how I felt, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Connor kind of doubles down in the chat and, uh, I, we have seen your comments, Connor. It's just, uh, they've uh, been ill-timed when we've been uh, talking about other things but uh, welcome to the show we uh, we always appreciate you tuning in and he says a lot of what Steve O said has hit home for, for him uh, he's been bullied and called certain names for who he chooses to love and that's why he has his YouTube channel uh, to watch football uh, a lot and talk about it and, and yeah that's a, a, a really good way of combating um, uh, bullying don't let these people dictate what you can and can't enjoy if you enjoy football if you enjoy wrestling whatever um if you're having fun doing it shout it from the rooftops absolutely um i will never um give anybody grief for something that they enjoy doing or they enjoy uh, watching um because there's not enough good in this world and if something entertains you have at it absolutely have yeah. at it well on the other side of the coin if somebody likes something you're not into don't be a dick just keep your gob shut wish them well move on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple as that, isn't it? Speaking of Connor, his message is, funnily enough, literally the next one up as well, which is a awesome, a nice, a nice little segue back to our non-wrestling look, topic. Look Maxim getting two shout-outs in one. I know. Uh, at Connor Knows Crew on Twitter, uh, he sent us a little clip of a video of a basketball game where it was it was for his school's home game in february-ish when they upset the, the the then number one team in the league and connor did the play-by-play commentary for it that's which is awesome. fantastic well absolutely done, brilliant Connor. well yeah well done mate that's that's awesome you know and he says that they won the they won in overtime which is extra time for us uk folks <laughs> brilliant thanks connor yeah no, that was awesome that's that's, that's great that he's uh yeah you know well doing done, that yeah fantastic keep it up mate well done and keep it up with your channel as well you know, I try to check in when I can, but obviously the game times are a little bit skew with to when I'm awake and when I'm not awake. But keep it up, mate. Keep plugging away. And it's yep. really good to have you on board with us here tonight and with the rest of the CWF and, and all that. It's you great stuff, mate. Always welcome. Everybody's welcome in here, except for um, Dr. Brown mm-hmm. and Ryan Satin. 
Yes, I'm Brad Shepard. Um, Brad- <laughs> <laughs> There's a few errors as well, but we ain't got time. Uh, Andy at Bang Bang Podcast. These were sent via DM, Magsy, so you won't have them there because they came in um, this late this evening, so I've not uh, done anything else other than screenshot them. So Andy says, a few school tales, and then in brackets, strap yourselves in, he says. Oh, here we go. Andy Get says, popcorn ready. <laughs> we had an art teacher. Let's call him Mr. B. Or, or was it Brian? Was this before we got his doctor? Was it Mr. Doctor? Yeah, he's a doctor <laughs> in, in art. Yeah. Mr. Doctor B. An art doctor. He fixes poorly paintings. Um, he's, <laughs> so let's call him Mr. B. Always a bit of a prick. Was a massive perv too, which I think led to him being struck off brilliant he had a big scar on his neck looked like someone had cut his throat turned out he had a twin brother who was a bus driver and he had exactly the same scar so we all just imagined they'd been conjoined at some point possibly by the neck anyway he was a see you next tuesday imagine i'd be stuck to the like your twin by the neck wow not a good look uh me and my mates turned over an ice cream van outside the school we didn't rob it, which is okay. Well, that's all right then. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just demolished it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't rob it. We literally just tipped it over, got into a bit of bother. He was 12 at this point. So that's awesome. Um, it looks like I have screwed up and not actually screenshotted his other messages. So bear with me just one second whilst I jump over to them, Maxie, because I am a clown. He's saying that that is Bristol for you. Um Sharon and Matt doing a little bit of a uh, of um, RBF dealing, it seems, uh, in the chat. Um, Matt, she'll, she will sort you out when she's free. Um, and Matt says, uh, again, to Connor, uh, you keep doing what you're doing. We're incredibly proud of you and keep flying the flag, sir. Very, very proud. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, Andy continues, me and my mates turned over their screen van. Nope, read that one, sorry. And on a youth Brilliant. hosteling trip to Swanage, one of my mates got caught having a wank in the toilets of a furniture showroom. <laughs> what? Wow. I don't know if that was one of his mates. Oh, yeah, one of, was one of his mates. Him. Yeah. Uh, I'm asking for a friend. One of those scenarios. <laughs> okay, so basically, on a youth hosteling trip to Swanage, Andy from Bang Bang Podcast got caught having a wank in the toilets of a furniture showroom. I wonder if he, if he was listening to Planet Rock. Maybe, maybe. What furniture mm-hmm. store was it? I don't, I don't know why that makes a DFS. difference. But yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> the, the, that one day they weren't having a sale. Yeah. Uh, it was the only warm place and you could get cups of tea in there, but still no excuse for bashing one out. <laughs> <laughs> you could get, he's confirmed it was MFR shock on ah, Okay. But it was the only warm place. And one of the reasons you wank you and uh, and I'll out there, I think it was you. Uh, one of the reasons why <laughs> you had a wank in MFR was because they give you free cups of tea. Was that pre wank or post wank, or was it even during the wank? You'd spill it, wouldn't you? Well, it might be, you might need to pep it up, flick a bit of blood in it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, well, come on, man. <laughs> Oh, this just took a dark turn. 
Dark, dark. <laughs> no, <bro>. it's a swan. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm absolutely glad I've never been to Swanage. Shocking. Uh, at Good Bad Wrestle via DM again. He says, okay, I will share this hashtag bad cop moment from when I was around 12, 13. On a bus trip on the way back from a school rugby trip to Holland, the upcoming Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest game was at the front of his mind. So this would be, I'm, I'm assuming, Matt. Graham? I don't know. It's, it's just come from the good if it, part. If it's some good, good, bad, it's usually Graham. Okay. Is, is he a Liverpool or Forest fan, is he? Nice. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, MFI. <laughs> and Griffin says in the chat, MFI, masturbating furiously indoors. That's those adverts totally, totally on different context Brilliant. for me now every time I watch. Okay. Um, yeah, the Liverpool Nottingham Forest game was at the front of his mind. Uh, so he went to buy a Sunday paper to read on the bus to find out more, get the build up, etc., and everything. The title, what title seemed most apt? The Sunday Sport. So he purchased it. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. I had no idea, but it was quickly evident I had not bought what I thought. I had, I had bought <laughs> once I got on the bus. <laughs> Graham was having a trip to Swanage yeah. and thought, I need some material before I, need I some, dip into MFR I to need bash some one out. I, I need some visual aids for when I nip into courts or whatever. <laughs> I can't knock out these knuckle children without some, without some visual stimulation. Oh, dear. <laughs> I can just imagine his face. Right, let's read about. I'm right excited for this Forest versus Liverpool game. <laughs> can we pull over? I think I'll sit there. <laughs> Holding the newspaper to hard his, his stonking harder whilst he got yeah. off the bus. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Graham, you absolute animal. No wonder you couldn't stay for the full episode. Disc yeah, golf, man. He knew this was coming. He knew this was uh, coming out. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's uh, basically a lot. Loads of the other kids were shouting deliberately so the teachers could hear. What have you got there? Is that the Sunday sport? Soon enough, teachers came to the back, confiscated it, and perused it at their leisure on the way home. <laughs> and we need to take this for evidence. Yeah, exactly. They then passed it on to the next teacher, who did the same. All in clear view of the students on the bus. It was really embarrassing how naive I was, but very funny looking back. Uh, the teachers looking, nudging each other and pointing at the pictures. They were loving it, looking through it. Ha ha. I think it made their trip. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> wow. So, pervy teachers as well. Amazing. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Millwall Chris, again via DM to at chain underscore wrestling. At Chris one on Twitter. He says here, a couple of late ones, but I'll keep them as concise as possible. Most of my school tales are from my working schools. I once took 10 year six children to a swimming competition, including my youngest daughter. Even though I had two signed letters for each child saying their child could swim 25 meters, two of them couldn't swim and almost drowned. <laughs> <laughs> was that rotting or was that just a genuine Sarpal laugh at that was drowning me, kids? <laughs> Drowning kids. Brilliant. Uh, He had two signed letters for each child saying they could swim 25 metres, but two of them couldn't swim and he took them to a swimming competition. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. They may have done the 25 metres like depth. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Oh, man. 
Safe to say we didn't win the competition, Chris continues. Um, on a staff night out with a secondary school, I saw a technology technician teabag an art teacher while she was virtually passed out in a club. I feel bad because it was kind of my suggestion. <laughs> kind of my suggestion. <laughs> wow. Oh, brilliant. I also worked with one of the daughters of the British film director, Ken Russell. Okay. Okay. I don't know who that is. Shock. <laughs> uh, and lastly, he says, when I was at primary school, I went missing and the, and the police were out looking for me. We had a football match scheduled after school, but it got cancelled. So me and a couple of the others decided to head to the local shopping centre. We thought we could just hang out and then return home and nobody would know. Unfortunately, one of the other players saw my sister and told her the game was off. So when I didn't show up, they thought I had gone missing. To say I got in trouble when I got home is an understatement. And I also got in trouble the next day at school as well. That's brilliant. Your poor parents are getting so worked up and upset because they're you know, stressed out because they don't know where you are. And you're just having a little jolly in the... In the uh... <laughs> in, in, in those cases, surely you just pretend you'd been kidnapped just to get out of the trouble. Wouldn't you just blame Dr. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Dr. Brown? So, Mr. Yeah, Dr. He's... Brown, pick me up in the child catcher van, his big net. <laughs> Three sweets and puppies written on the side. You know? <laughs> wow. Oh, dear. Maxie, what about yourself, my friend? So, I mean, this will shock you to hear, but I was actually a really good pupil. Um, I call bullshit. No, I was. Straight A, um, straight A pupil. Oh, uh, really? Did okay. Really, did really well. I, I think my, uh, my the end of my GCSEs, I had like six A's, like four B's, and I did get a U. Uh, that was in PE because I took GCSE PE. I did the smash the 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 pra- uh, the physical the uh, the theory. Didn't really do that well on the physical because right. I'm a bit of a husky uh, gentleman. Um, <laughs> and it was it was because I wanted to go to to uh, uni to study medicine, uh, right. but I got ill whilst uh, whilst uh, in in college. So that kind of put pay to that. Uh, but yeah, um, in terms of school, really good all the way through it. Um, liked by the majority of my teachers. There was one teacher who. Um, everybody hated called Mrs. Johnson. She looked like a proper witch, like a literally like a cackling ha 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 witch. Amazing. Um, and to be to be fair to her, she was um, probably the best teacher in terms of getting work out of pupils because she was so terrifying. Um, the fear factor, but, I guess. Yeah, uh, and she was actually really good at, at making you understand. Cause she was the maths teacher. Um, she was really good at actually making you understand uh, the, the the theories in maths, but she was also very terrifying. Uh, I did get into trouble once. I have had one detention in my whole... One detention? Yes. Oh, my so goodness. This was in Spanish. And we had a teacher called uh, Mrs. Brown, and she was Brian the... Again. Yeah, and she was the the nicest teacher, a really kind of soft spoken, and everybody liked her. Um, but I was bored one time in a lesson, uh, and she had flowers on the windowsill, and I had a window table, so I picked a couple of petals uh, petals off the flowers. Oh, I have never seen a one eighty in a teacher 
before like that in my life she tore into me for oh, taking wow. off a couple and i ended up getting um the detention and i had to scrape chewing gum off the underside of the tables for, oh, for half an hour after school yeah i remember having to do that like the science desks we used to do because for some reason they were always yeah. the worst and you chuck and uh, it even get like the really hard bits of chewing gum and it would just pop off or you get the ones that haven't been there long and you'd stick yeah. them or, and you're like still warm, still still or, a bit moist. Oh, it's horrible. Um, and uh, and then there's a, I've got another story, I suppose. And this, looking back on it, it's actually you, this actually sounds really bad on the teachers' um, uh, behalf. But I was in junior school, um, and to say. I, I was, I would say I was way more advanced than all the pupils in the class. That's not me being big headed, but just the work was, it came really easy to me. Um, so I mentioned to the teacher, uh, look, this, I, I'm sat here, I'm bored. I'm, I'm not, I'm doing this work, uh, and I'm finishing half an hour, 45 minutes before everybody else, and I'm mm-hmm. sat here twiddling my thumbs. Um, now, if nowadays a teacher hears that, they'd think, this is a a, a, a a pupil who we can kind of like um, push on and, and really kind yeah. of uh, really grow. That teacher took offence to me being bored of the work and sat me in the corner of the class with just a massive teacher textbook to essentially learn on my own whilst all the other uh, pupils in the class got on with the standard uh, curriculum uh, yeah so never show off in class essentially because the teacher will not like it it's like look you clever little shit go put your nose to essentially that we had a meeting with the with the headmaster and uh and it was literally the teacher feels embarrassed because you say this work is is not not uh not enthralling enough for, for you so yeah Oh dear, dear me, dear me! I used to bunk off quite a bit, Magsy, from school. I, you know, I I don't doubt that for an absolute second. I mean, it started off because I hated my art teacher. I took GCSE art because I loved. No, I loved my art teacher, and that's another story. Uh, she okay. was a teacher called Mrs. Gorman. I mean, this is you will want me to interrupt on you on this, but she was a teacher called Mrs. Gorman. Uh, and she, there was a rumor that always went round that she wore no underwear. Okay. Okay. Where are we going with this? <laughs> so uh, our kind of art desks were were fairly high up. So you instead of sitting on chairs, you sat on kind of like uh, stools and yeah. your tables up. So we would regularly drop our pencils or our uh, art supplies to see if we could get a peep all the way through. <laughs> all the, but but we sat like directly in in her ass out on purpose so we get the best view if we could prove that this this rumor um was true or not we got close but we never quite got the definitive proof oh, see nowadays it'd be easier wouldn't it you can just like put a little flash on your phone and with none of that none of that stuff in my days no. you need no. a camera easy you wind up like that and yeah, see how easy it is now for the kids to perv on their teachers. We know mm-hmm. we had to work hard to perv on our teachers back in you the had day. to graft. I had to take GCSE art. Couldn't give a shit about GCSE <laughs> I'm about. I've got as much art in in me as as Matt has in cooking or doctoring. Right. 
Oh, yeah, I, I used to... It started off art because the, the teacher there, I couldn't stand him. He was vile to my aunt when she went to the same school. Uh, she, he was vile to me. He ended up being vile to my little sister. I don't know if it was a family thing, but he was, he was an asshole to a lot of people. But mm-hmm. it got to a point where it was, this person's name was mentioned so often in my house that when my sister went to the school and she got upset by this guy, my dad actually went in the school one day, mid-lesson, and basically took him out in the corridor and ripped him a new one in front of all the all the kids. Like, Just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> you couldn't do it now because they're all security gates and all that sort of stuff, isn't they? And my dad, like, we weren't having it. But yeah, I just started bunking off art. And, but then I realised after about a month or two of not going to art, I realised, oh, why am I going back into school to finish the day? I might as well just stay out. So I did. Yep. And I, I had a friend of mine who lived, I wouldn't say down the road. It felt like it was just down the road But when we were kids. But now I'm a grown-up and I go past his old house and so on. It's bloody miles from the school. So I don't know what we were yeah, thinking. You, you did that as kids. <laughs> yeah. So we'd finish, we, we'd like you know walk out of class or whatever, or walk out of the school. And we go to the shop, buy some cigarettes, a couple of pot noodles, and then we just go into his house, eat pot noodles, smoke cigarettes, and play guitar for three, four hours at a time. Which is amazing, really, because I was shit at guitar, and I'm still shit at guitar. You think I'm me bunking <laughs> off and playing it as regular? Tam wasted there, then. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. We'd sometimes sit and watch, like, I don't know, Guns N' Roses live in Tokyo, VHS tapes and all that sort of stuff. But we just basically just doss around in his house all the time. And I remember walking through the door, and his mum would be there. And she'd try and tell him off and be like, why are you home from school again? And he'd just be like, ah, off, man. And just walk into this little space at the back of his house that was almost like a little mini studio set out because the whole family were quite musical. And we'd just stay there for the rest of the afternoon. So, yeah. That was my bunking off from uh, art, mate. What a great story. I mean, you know. I I think my art story may may trump yours. Oh, it does, because you're trying to get a peek. Yeah, tried to get a peak of gash. Uh, it didn't yes. quite succeed it, but <laughs> it was well worth the GCSE. Yes, there we go. There we and go. she was proper fit as well. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, see, I had a bit of a thing. Sorry, for Mrs. Wing- Gorman, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit of a thing for one of my English teachers at one point. Um, oh, no. No, Mr. no. teacher got um, old. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I, um, my English teacher, yeah, she was like, mid-twenties i guess when i was 16 and everyone thought she was fantastic everyone fancied her you know and it you know and there was rumors that she'd come to our school because she got caught going to parties with six formers and behaving in a certain way at other schools i could tell you another tale about that and this doesn't involve me but it certainly was a teacher there was a a pe teacher um at our school and he was uh married to another PE teacher and one of the the girls in our year had an affair with said PE teacher um yeah um and both teachers stayed on he didn't I don't think he got I think he got fired after the end of the school year Uh, but yeah essentially he was knocking off one of the 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 16 year olds uh whilst being married to another teacher no way there, there was a. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. On the show. I'm not going to name names because it's dodgy ground. Uh, first name I will because plenty of people have this same first name. But it was Mr. Doctor Brown again. Mr. Doctor Brown, yeah. Um, that basically he, this teacher, I can't remember what he taught. He never taught me, so he'd have probably been in the higher sets, I guess. <laughs> but he, uh, he had an unusual relationship with one of the girls in my year. And it was quite spoken about openly. 
and she behaved a certain way back and so on. When she left school, they got married and she was like oh. 17 and he was, he was old, he was old then, you know? And as far as I know, now that they're, they're divorced and whatever, I don't know, I never kept in contact with her and especially not him. But the weird thing is there was rumors about him and it is and, uh, rumors and it's incredibly sad to, to sort of go along with these rumors. It can ruin someone's life, you know, if these, if it's the case. And but there was rumors about him being involved with her while she was still at school and so on. And there was a gang of lads who saw him once in time and just started shouting, Pedo, Pedo, Pedo at him. And he heard them because he sort of glanced and carried on and they kept yelling Pedo at him. Uh, and then they turned around and called him by his first name. But that's what he reacted to. He turned around and went mad at them, screaming and shouting at them when they referred to him by his first name. But when they were yelling pedo at him, he just blanked it. That's weird. Wow. Me. I mean, I don't mind being called pedo, but how yeah. dare you call me Trevor? Yeah, don't how call me dare you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there we go. Let's move on, shall we, before I say something that's going to get me sued for libel reasons or whatever, you know? <laughs> Uh, Magsy, do we have to have a quick check in the chat before we move on and talk a bit of wrestling, bud? Uh, yes, we do. A lot of them mocking me. Uh, this is going to be a classic. That may need to be an episode title as well. Um, that's kind of on the lines of the you can't arrest somebody for naming strangers cocks. Um, yeah. for, <laughs> Sharon says she went um, went for a one minute and came back to absolute carnage. It was your. It, it was all your hubby. It was all your hubby. Um, Matt confirming that Graham will not let him near the good cop, bad cop account. He's worried it would cost us followers. He He's right to worry. Um, Dan wanted to know uh, what that laugh was about. It just came out, didn't it? <laughs> Tanner in the chat, paging Dr. Brown. Dr. <laughs> Lord Mags, surely it'd be Lord Dr. Mags, surely. Does the, the Lord not trump? Um Dan, mad Max, you bad sod. I never got one, you absolute brown noser. Well, hang on, Mr. I got A's one detention. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't be calling somebody else a brown noser. If you've had if you've had no detention, you are a brown noser. Yeah, but you're like only one off. I know, and I ruined someone's flowers to get that detention. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Matt, Matt uh, confirming that the Stan Brothers have been uh, inducted into WWE Hall of Fame, uh, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah, uh, totally. And Dan Griffin, Matt, Mag's loving his art teacher is the start to a movie that used to come on on Channel 5 at midnight. Yeah, the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okie doke, mate. Okie doke. So then, Mags, shall we talk a little bit of wrestling, considering we're nearly an hour and a half into the show? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! This week's wrestling topic is an option for the poll that I put forward, but it was a couple of weeks ago, because obviously we had a week off. So this was the poll from a couple of weeks back. So if people couldn't really remember what won, it's the War Rumble 1993 WWF World Title Match. Uh, Bret Hart. I said it's, I said it was my pick. Well, why have you got to be all? You see, you you say it don't matter. You say it doesn't bother you, but then you react like that. <laughs> I 
I, I, it doesn't matter. Either one, either one of the picks would have been a, a, a worthy pick. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I know it's a little bit late, but it's still honouring uh, the uh, the sad passing of one of wrestling's greats. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The match we're and looking also at. Also, Bret Hart's in it. He is. And he is fantastic. Uh, Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon from the War Rumble 1993. To be honest, a pretty dire pay-per-view all round. Probably mm-hmm. the worst Rumble overall, I think. Um, Yeah, there's not a lot outside uh, Bret Hart being the star of every pay-per-view in, in this kind of two-year stretch. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of... Uh, of good come comes out of this pay per view. You you you're right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it, it's to me very much of its time, but at the same time, I think you could still do a match like this now because they tell such a great story. It's it's actual wrestling for me. Mm-hmm. It's not high spots. It's not you know flying around you know flips and all that which is fine it's got that's got its place in the wrestling business of course i find that entertaining as well but this to me is two incredibly talented professional wrestlers putting on a very good professional wrestling match the aim is to basically look like they're fighting and hurting each other when they're not make it as realistic as possible and i think this match here is a great advert for that art form i suppose max Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and you you have the same point that that I came with uh, as soon as I started watching this match. That it's such um, it, it's such a dichotomy with with the the, the hyper fast paced, um, mm. very technical wrestling that we we've, we've got now, uh, where moves look spectacular but often feel overly technical look like they may not uh hurt as much as 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 they they should in a in a fake fight this was classic chain style wrestling where moves were meant to look like they hurt to uh two um wrestlers working together to take the the uh the fans on a journey with a with a story yeah this was everything that that a young mags fell in love with uh when it came to wrestling yeah yeah 100 percent. And, and brett is just fantastic i mean we'll come to scott hall no doubt when we start breaking the match down in a moment but brett just honestly one of the greatest of all time without a doubt i know that's you know, stating the obvious as opposed to a great deal of wrestling fans but my god was he good he he will be he, he should always be known as one of the very best to ever ever do it in in mm-hmm. the ring um whether you like his um his kind of um believing in kayfabe and and uh, the the reality of wrestling or not there is no arguing that when it came to being in, inside those 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 ropes he was one of the very best to to ever do it he he very rarely, if ever, had a bad match. Any mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, any pay per view that he was on, it was his matches that stood out. He uh, could take a poor wrestler and make a really good match out of it. That's 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 an art form in itself to be able to work with small guys, tall guys, huge monster heels, and still be able to get amazing matches out uh out out of them it's 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 
phenomenal. And we've covered uh, King of the Ring that he, he ends up winning, where he has yeah. three matches in a night, and he has three totally different matches with three totally different kinds of opponents, and each one of those matches could have easily been match of the match of the night. Mm-hmm. He's just that damn good. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favourite pay-per-views, actually. It, mm-hmm. That's one of the, the VHS tapes that I wore out when I was a kid, along with SummerSlam 89 and uh, WrestleMania 10 and stuff, you know, just absolutely fantastic show. And again, it's because of, of Brett. Brett makes it a great show. There's nothing. There's not much else on the, on the card outside of Brett matches that's worth watching. But it's just yeah. a really, really good performance by him. As it is here, you know, and we get a couple of promos beforehand. Razors is filmed the night before. He's at the basketball and he's talking about having gold around his neck and he's then going to have the hitman's gold around his waist. Uh, and he just, even in a ridiculously loud 90s shirt and the big gold chains and that, it just still looks so cool. Yeah, he does. He epitomizes him and Kevin Nash, maybe the two coolest people to ever wrestle. Yeah. Um, ooze machismo. Brett responds... <clears throat> Effectively from the gorilla position, doesn't he? he? He kind of cuts a quick promo before he goes out. That's right, isn't yep. it? Yep, yep. And we see, and this is kind of unusual, I think, for this time. We see Brett going to the ring from that side of the curtain. And we can see, I think it was J.J. Dillon sat at the table, giving him timing cues of when to actually walk now, out. I, I rewound this bit, uh, and it felt to me that he was telling Fink what to say because as Fink was introducing Bret Hart, he was mouthing the same words, or it felt like he was mouthing okay. the same words. Yeah. Ah, uh, right, okay. Maybe he was waiting for a cue. He, he knows when he says, I don't know. Yeah, what was Brett, he just repeating just to, to remind yeah, himself. I, I, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, yeah. But I, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, sat at the little t- table. With regards to the entrances, both of these entrance themes to me are just so iconic because they mm-hmm. remind me of being a kid. They remind me of getting this VHS tape off my uncle, who was the only person I knew who had Sky and so on. Uh, the, the the old Heart Foundation music that Brett used when he first went solo and started winning his first world title and so on. I think I might prefer that to the newer Brett Hart theme with the screech of the guitar first, just because it's the first one I heard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. And then when you get to the Razor music, it's got that uh, that car crash screech that I think they mm. reused for Mankind. Um, but yeah, it's just the the in an era where theme musics were pretty bland, unless you were yeah. the likes of Hogan. These two do stand out. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Uh, <laughs> The title belt here as well. I know we speak about the same title belts over and over and have done since the show started, but the winged eagle title belt around Brett's waist, just absolutely. That's what a wrestling championship should look like, man. That is so good. It it fits in perfectly as well. It's so, it looks really legitimate on him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Brett obviously gives his glasses out to a young fan in the crowd and Razor leans through the ropes and just throws his toothpick at the same kid. That is Brilliant. gold. So yeah. simple, but fantastic. That is, and, and this is a razor who's only been in the company, what, eight months at this time? I think he came mm. in in like, uh, the late part of 1992. Um, so to, to be just that, into the character and know how to work the crowd and something as simple as that, throwing the toothpick at someone who Brett has, uh, has uh, singled out for, for the glasses. Brilliant work. Yeah. So simple, 
but so brilliant. Because of this, Brett just starts throwing punches, doesn't he? We end up with a bit of a brawl to start the match. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys, and, and it's something I've said about Brett Hart over and over again, and I'm going to say it now about Scott Hall as well. I think they are so good because you can't see through their stuff. Nope. When they're throwing these punches, obviously, if you've got a guy who's what, how tall is Razor? 6'4", six, 6'5", six, whatever he is, and the weight he is. I think he's got... probably a little bit bigger than that. I think you look okay. at maybe like 6'7". Okay. You've got a guy who's 6'7", weighs the way he, he, he does, looks the way he does, punching you repeatedly in the face. Eventually, you're going to go dying. It's going to leave marks, etc. I appreciate that. That's the one aspect of pro wrestling that you can't kind of alter, I guess. But the actual, if you take each punch as an individual moment, you can't see through it. Unlike when The Rock or Shane McMahon throw punches, you can see that that is shit. Whereas these yeah. two, it looks like they're clocking each other. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you go uh, and rewatch this match, and I implore you to do so, this is how two of the rest, two wrestlers at their peak uh, of, of of their their skills put on a show. There is no errors in this match whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's seamless. It's genuinely, genuinely seamless. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Brett starts working on Razor's leg, and this is again, it makes it makes sense because obviously his finisher is the sharpshooter, so he's going to be working the legs and so on. But also, Razor's the bigger man, and mm-hmm. you, you're always told as a kid growing up, the commentators, Gorilla Monsoon and all that, are always saying, "Take out the bigger man's legs, get him on the mat." Was it Vince McMahon who used to say, "Everyone's the same say, size on the mat"? Everyone's the same size, leg down, yeah. We get a figure four leg lock really early on as well, which was pretty cool. And then Razor drags himself to the ropes. And this is something I don't see a lot of now. I think when people use the figure four, it it is effectively a transition. People don't win matches with the figure four anymore. But they they put the figure four on, then the opponent either turns them over or gets to the ropes. And they just let go of the hold and move on to the next spot. Here, because Brett's applying the pressure in theory and their legs are tangled and so on, the ref physically has to untangle their legs for them to carry on. I love that. So it's so simple, but I thought it was, I thought it was really, really added to what they were doing. Yeah. And it's not the, not the only time that, that Earl Hebner will uh, be uh, a part of this match physically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the match turns when Brett takes a really vicious looking bump into the ring post, Max, doesn't he? That he, he is an expert at that chest first bump mm. I, I don't think anybody can do it as good as him um well this is the ribs isn't it he goes he almost <coughs> he almost slides on his belly and goes mm-hmm. under the bottom turn back oh yeah 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 the, that that happened before the chest uh, yeah the chest whip yeah and he kind of he's kind of on his gut and sideways on and the ring post hits him in his ribs and it it's looks stopping him from sliding out of the ring yeah exactly with his ribs. And it, yeah and it looks so Again, I don't want to keep using the, the, the term, but it looks so realistic. It does, uh, but um, we hit, get some commentary from Gorilla, who kind of like um, over-eggs the pudding, I think. He says he, uh, Brett could have a crack rib, or he could have injured the intercostal muscles uh, and the ligament between the ribs, which will hurt more than a broken rib. And I'm like, mm. will it, though? Will it? And I'm fairly certain... More than a broken bone, Gorilla. Come on now. 
I think one of those words doesn't actually exist as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times did they make up words anyway? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Razor then, because of this, starts working on the ribs, the chest, and that sort of with some vicious backbreakers and stuff. Great storytelling. And it's something that uh, it, it, it goes by the wayside a lot in in uh modern wrestling yeah because it is so fast paced because it is so technical uh injuries or um or kayfabe injuries are, are kind of forgotten pretty quickly in matches uh where you go back to this period and brett not only sells uh injuries in the match oftentimes he's selling injuries post match and even into mm-hmm. the next match uh yeah. he was so good at stuff like that yeah, the Bret Hart limp, as we've discussed previously. Mm-hmm. Yep. In fact, that was that was brought up on one of the first five episodes of Chain Wrestling because it was played back this week. Whilst we uh, were absent for a week, we chucked whilst out... we having a scav. <laughs> we chucked out the first five episodes of Chain Wrestling for people who may not have heard it before, see where the chain started. Uh, we had quite a few people listen and message us and tweet us about enjoying the old shows so really appreciate people checking those out maybe that's something we'll do again we'll start from episode six and chuck a few more out somewhere down the line we'll, we'll see but um yeah razor he's working these ribs and he's working bret hart down down the side of his body and he applies an abdominal stretch and it looks it again it looks like it's genuinely causing brett pain because razor's such mm-hmm. a big fella and brett's like twisted and you know, contorted, contorted around Razor's body, and he's punching him in the ribs as he's got him yeah. in this abdominal stretch. Which he's you would do. His elbow in as well. Oh, it's fantastic. You would do that if you if this was a proper fight and you were you for some reason had someone in the abdominal stretch. You would be working the ribs because yeah. that's where he, the pain is. And then I uh, think after this, he does the the fall away slam, which it's it's one of the best looking fallaway slams yeah. that anybody does. And we cut to, um, uh, Helen and Stu Hart and Helen is legitimately wincing, um, mm-hmm. th- that her boy is in so much pain. Um, so not only is Brett selling this injury, he's, his own mum and dad are selling it, uh, at ringside as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good as well. Cause sometimes you get the camera cutting to family members or, or whoever, you know, supporting wrestlers from the crowd. And they almost don't play along, although they almost don't get it sometimes. So when you mm-hmm. see somebody genuinely reacting that way, it, it's, it just adds to it, doesn't it, Max? Mm-hmm. It certainly does. Yeah. I mean, Bret Hart ends up countering into his own abdominal stretch at some point. And then we get a bear hug by Razor Ramon. And I, I've said numerous times on this show, I am not a fan of the move, the bear hug. It's, it just, I, I, just don't, I just don't enjoy it. But It made sense in this. In this, yeah. yeah, it made sense to what Razor was trying to achieve with working on Brett's ribs and, and so on after the bump into the into the ring post. And also, because of the size, the, the height and the size of Razor, it made Brett look really, really tiny. Did you see that? <laughs> he looked like a little boy. It, it, it did. Uh, and it also... Um, it, it allowed Brett to show his desperation in mm. in getting the win because he, he has to bar Razor to essentially get Razor to, to let him go of the move. That that kind of uh, do anything to win no matter what kind of condition you're in, that that's a hallmark of his of his wrestling career. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um Brett then effectively hits uh, I don't know the correct term for it, a suicide dive between the yeah. top rope and the middle rope. Is that mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And 
it's not something he did masses in his later years. Obviously, he's getting older and so on. But seeing him break this move out in the middle of a match that is very wrestling heavy, it's hold for hold, and every opportunity both guys get, they are going for a cover, which again, to me, sells the story of the match because Mm -hmm. they're not just doing moves um, for the sake of it. They're not just busting out, you know, backflips and so on to look pretty. They're trying to win a sporting contest in theory. So they go for covers and that all the time. To see him then bust this move out, it seemed like a massive deal because there wasn't any extra flips and jumps to the outside. So something as, I don't want to say as, as, as simple and as straightforward as this, because it's not in any way stretching the well, imagination. Pete Gas can't pull one off, so... Well, there you go. <laughs> but I mean, by comparison to today, where people need to do, you know, a triple tuck, four backflips and whatever, it does look relatively stripped back, this this dive that Bret Hart but, does. But for 1993, that, that yeah. would have been jaw-dropping. Especially in the context from, like said, this, from yeah. Brett and, and, and Razor, yeah. Yeah, in the context of this match, it's you know it's a big deal. Um, something else I thought was a really nice touch was when Razor was led on his back and Brett picks up his legs and he could be going for the sharpshooter. The sheer panic on Razor selling the sharpshooter before Brett's even stepped one leg through. Mm-hmm. Again, adds to me, just by doing that, it makes the move seem even more of a big impact or even more important before Brett even gets it on. Cause the panic is there from Razor thinking, I can't let him get this. If he gets that on, it's game over. Yeah, exactly. So it make it gets the move for one of a better cheesy wrestling term, I suppose it gets the move over, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, Razor essentially grabs Earl Hebner to, to kind of drag him into uh, and put put uh, Brett off getting uh, getting the move locked in, so yeah. we see uh, we see Earl Hebner take a bump, something that he wouldn't forget for the next four years, and when he helps screw Brett later on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna remember this. I'll get my own back. I don't know where. I don't know when, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, Brett comes off the middle rope. Um, I would assume looking for that middle rope elbow that he did all the time. But Razor gets a foot up and catches Brett under and, the mic. And how how long did this make uh, Razor's legs look? Yeah. Because Brett catches it in the chin, as you would, but Brett's almost fully stood up whilst he's la- hitting Razor's, uh, the bottom of Razor's boot and Razor's leg on his back. It just, just shows how, how long, how long, uh, um, how long his legs were, just massive. I mean, they they they, they comment about that on, on the commentary as well, don't they? Bobby Heenan is saying, I'm not sure Brett can get the sharpshooter on Scott Hall because mm-hmm. his legs are too long. Yeah. You know, and again, it's just and, and adding storytelling, yeah. isn't it? It's just adding more and more to the match. And they do the same at WrestleMania 9, saying that Brett can't get the sharpshooter on Yokozuna because Yokozuna's legs are so big. You know, I think it just, it's so, it's so simple, but it just really adds to the story. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely um, after that foot up Razor goes for the Razor's Edge which Brett counters brilliantly into a backslide I thought that was that was fantastic yeah it, it really was and uh, whenever you see a match that where you know Razor's losing I always kind of watch out to see um, if he pulls off the Razor's Edge because there's a, a, a story that he would never use the, or he would never complete a razor's edge if he knew he was losing the match because he okay. wanted to keep that move strong. Uh, and I, I, I don't think I've ever seen him uh, use that 
that mm. move when he's lost a match. Yeah. I mean, the obvious one for me would be when he wrestles Goldberg, would Goldberg have kicked out of it? Mm. Now, I'm not I mean, saying that happened. I'm just saying that's something maybe I need to go look at, but I don't think that did happen. Yeah. I mean, it's um, um, it was an interview that I, I, I listened to him years and years ago where he said he... he wanted to protect that move so much that if he didn't, if he wasn't winning, he wouldn't break it out or mm. he wouldn't complete the move. So perhaps he did it later in his career. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, I always watch out for a, a razor's edge uh, in a match where I know he's going to lose. Oh, so you're going to get me, me doing that now. I'm going to be watching out for that as well, just to see if it ever happens. And it obviously you'll forget. Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> uh, um, a test of strength or Greco-Roman knuckle lock, as some of the commentators refer to it as, Razor sort of grips Brett up in. And Brett counters this by putting his legs up and through the arms and sort of turns it into a kind of sunset well, flip in a way. Yeah, uh, Gorilla calls it a pinning combination, but yeah, that... It almost looks awkward uh, yeah. if there was if there was a, a point in the match where you'd think maybe this was done on the fly, but then you rewatch it and you see that that was definitely planned. You could see yeah. how he 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 positioned himself really well to to get Brilliant. that. Yeah, it's it's unique. It's something that yeah. I've not ever seen outside of this match. So yeah, yeah that was right, that was really really good. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it because after he's done that, they're both led on the deck, exhausted after and this again, battle. And again, Brett's uh, ingenuity in in the wrestling ring to able, to be able to do that 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 uh, pinning combination, which mm-hmm. was it technically it looks really really good, and then for them to both be led down but in the perfect position for Brett to be able to uh, essentially lock in a, a lead-down sharpshooter, swing his opponent around and, and, and be able to, to get to his feet and, and, and finish the move. Uh, really, so technically well done. Something yeah. that if uh, a modern wrestling fan would watch now, I don't think they'd quite appreciate just just how technically skilled you would have to be to get that whole sequence of moves to, to go flawlessly. It was brilliantly mm. done. It's just it's the whole thing. The whole match is great. You know, we, we've commented over and over. You can't see through their stuff. It looks no. legit all the way through the match. It looks legit. They are constantly trying to win the match with pinfall attempts, which again, makes it seem more important. Just mm-hmm. and the story they're telling with Brett going after the leg and Razor going after the ribs and the finish and, and Brett countering certain it's just so good. It's just absolutely fantastic, mate. Brett obviously wins via submission with a sharpshooter. We get the awesome theme tune, Brett posing with the belt, and and then we get a random bit of Lex Luger, but that's for another day. Um <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan. I mean, I know this was a Royal Rumble, and I understand that the Royal Rumble has to go on last. But why have the title match and then the introduction of of the narcissist Lex Luger? Yeah, uh, mm. I don't I don't get that. That really shits yeah. on this match for me. Yeah, a little bit, mate, a little bit. And then Cleopatra and that come out, don't they, and talk for what seems like half of my life about absolute yeah. bollocks. Yeah, and just knock any momentum they have from this wonderful mm-hmm. match. They just destroy the atmosphere completely. But there we go. Never mind. 
never mind. No, yes, that's right. Um, Magsy, out of ten, then. Yeah, um, brilliant match. I uh, wonder. I definitely implore you all to go to go and watch if you've not seen it, or Dan, go watch it again for the millionth time. Uh, being the Bret Hart Mark that you are. Um, I don't think it's one of his best. I think he's had much better matches. Um, but it was still very, very enjoyable. Uh, I think I'll go seven and a half on this. Oh, okay. Seven and a half. Yeah, fair enough. I was toying seven, seven and a half, eight myself. Um, I'll, I'll probably give it a seven, a smidge lower. Because I know I've given seven and a half to other things that I do prefer. And eight okay. to other things I do prefer. So, yeah. So, seven from me, seven and a half from yourself, mate. Yeah, very, very well worth checking out this contest, especially for younger wrestling fans who hopefully are educated enough to have patience to sit through a match that doesn't involve 47 backflips. This is how wrestling, to me, should be done. It's just Mm -hmm. really good storytelling. Okay, then. I suppose next, mate, where do we go next week? Okay. So I want to continue this. Uh, So Brett... Uh, goes on to face the winner of the 1993 Royal Rumble. So I think we should uh, stick with Brett. I think we should go to uh, WrestleMania 9 and we should uh, should take him two matches. Again, I'm kind oh, of okay. uh, I'm fudging the rules a little bit. I think we should watch uh, Yokozuna uh, challenge Brett for that world title and then I think we should watch the man that has to pause at the end of every show, uh, watch Hulk Hogan then challenge the winner won't give away the spoilers of who wins but challenge the winner of that match uh, for the WRF title so Wrestlemania 9 uh, Brett versus Yokozuna and then Hogan versus the winner yeah I like that I like that it may not be as technically sound as some of the other matches we've seen but I loved this and I, I as a kid Hogan coming out and doing what he did I thought was fantastic. I got a buzz out of that. When I was a little kid. As an adult. adult, What a wanker. Yeah. I think this is a, if this wins the poll, I think this is something that we can really deep dive into and uh, look at the politics behind what went on uh, Mm -hmm. and so on to, because apparently on the day, some people claim on the day, Yokozuna was just going to leave for the title. They changed this very late and all sorts of that. We can dive into all that sort of stuff. If this wins the poll, I think, the matches itself, sound. But I think the things that went on behind the scenes are also mm-hmm. going to be a good topic of conversation, Max. Absolutely. Um, you didn't pick up on that, did you? I said a good a good topic of conversation is what I just said. Well, you slurring your words, <laughs> sir. What yeah. is in that glass? It's squash, mate. It's squash. It's like it's the orange, the new orange Vinto. It's lovely. Um, <laughs> Maybe I made it too sweet and I got a bit of sugar buzz. I don't know. Uh, anyway, going up against the matches, the the sort of the two matches that close WrestleMania 9, I'm going to stick with Bret Hart as well, mate, because I was really, I just marveled at watching the guy wrestle. Obviously, Scott Hall did his part as well. Of course he did. But how great Bret was in this match. I want to, I want to see more. So I thought, okay, mm-hmm. we've got Bret here versus Scott Hall. And it's a great match. Let's look at Bret with the other outsider and i'm thinking we can jump to survivor series 1995 it's a no disqualification match between bret hart and diesel 
for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. And it's been called the best match of Diesel's world title reign and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, not as much politics behind the scenes to better look at. Than, better than Diesel versus Mabel. I don't Whoa. think so. Hey, and they weren't my words, my friend. They weren't my words. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Those are the options. We have Bret Hart versus Yokozuna, and then obviously Yokozuna versus Hogan from WrestleMania 9 and all the politics and backstage nonsense there. Or we have the no DQ match between Bret Hart and Diesel from Survivor Series 1995. Okay, those are your options. The poll will be up in the week uh, after the audio podcast version comes out, probably Wednesday, Thursday time. The poll will be up on our Twitter at chain underscore wrestling there. Um, Maxi, I suppose all that's left now, mate, is for us to uh, let everyone know whereabouts they can find you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I get to that, though, uh, I want to kind of go over what I said at the beginning of the show. You guys have been absolutely amazing in what's been a a tough week uh, for for me and the and the Magsy clan. Um, the fact that you all uh, were 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 there for me. Um, you all um, took the reins when um, when. I couldn't be on any many of the many podcasts that I'm on, uh, and for everyone who reached out and 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 kind of checked in on me, I massively, massively appreciate you. Massively appreciate all you in the in the seed of breath as well. You guys are super, bringing it every single episode, um, as we say every time. This we're very show, lucky, actually, I think we're very, yeah. very fortunate. This show wouldn't be the show it is if it wasn't for for you guys and and I, we genuinely mean that every week um you make this show way better than it has any right to be uh so we will always massively appreciate you for that uh, in terms of social media down here you can sometimes find me you probably find me hanging around on the old tiktok now because i'm i'm getting a little bit ad- addicted to that that site um but in terms of content, uh, I'm back at it now uh, with uh, with both barrels, uh, changing attitude over on uh, on uh, the chair shot, um, five rounds, Badlands, uh, the football watch longs here on Radio Techers, even dipping our toe into the Formula One uh, yes. this, this past yes. weekend, which is something that I really enjoyed and hopefully we'll be doing that uh, a lot over over the uh, the coming weeks. Uh, we're also doing, I think, a watch along of WrestleMania this week. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, Magsy, actually, and, and could, if you could let everyone know a little bit about that. So there's various different people doing different nights for Radio Techers, aren't there? Covering uh, yeah. WrestleMania weekend and so on. So essentially, this is uh, Matt Willis's baby. He's uh, heading uh, the, the the coverage, uh, but over the the two nights of WrestleMania and, and NXT and things like that, uh, we'll be doing live watch-alongs. Uh, and you know how a watch-along goes with uh, with with uh, the Techers team. It doesn't necessarily revolve around the subject that we're meant to be revolving around. So there'll be plenty of uh, of shenanigans there. So I'll definitely check that out. Uh, but other than that, yeah, we we are slowly getting back to the norm uh, so expect plenty of uh, content coming your way awesome stuff mate awesome stuff and it's at podfather mags on twitter oh yeah actually, i didn't say that did i you didn't actually say it. So you, you just podfather pointed mags at it down here yeah. <laughs> uh, and on tiktok uh, uh at mags all pods i've tried to change it but they won't let me for some reason no. i don't know why oh, okay. there we go because you've got too many followers now, mate. You're too much of a big deal to be messing around with your name. Yeah, there you go. Three, three and a half K in, like, in three oh, weeks. 
Why? There is a TikTok for the show as well. It's just not <laughs> and I keep, I keep telling you, we should, we eventually we are going to go, be going live, hopefully on on TikTok once we work out the logistics of it. Um, but we we will get there. We're not mm. technologically minded. Well, one no. of us isn't. No, no. Like, don't be so harsh on yourself, mate. Yeah. One of us <laughs> can't operate a broom. <laughs> oh dear. You can find me on Twitter at SJP Words, and the group you'll be looking for on Facebook is SJP All the Shows and Info. Both of those are just full of the links to anything I'm involved in, really. We have Nitro Nights with Scottish Danny, looking back at WCW week by week, show by show. Loving that. I had some great feedback this week as well. People are DMing the show and tweeting, saying how much they're enjoying it. So really, really appreciate so that. Good. It really is so good. It's a brilliantly unique concept to go back 25 years. and It is, mate. Okay. I wonder what inspired that. No, I, I really enjoy it. Danny as well uh, in the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, how he's taken to podcasting so well. It's amazing. Isn't it? period. It's, amazing. it's brilliant. Yeah, he's really, really good. Yeah, really, definitely. really good. I, I, I love being being able to listen to him and also to be to be able to create content with him. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well done, Scottish Danny. Awesome stuff. Uh, the Doctor Who pod that I do with Dan Griffin. And- <laughs> Again, I'm going to jump in. I love this show. This is another <laughs> great concept. The the banter between you and uh, and um, Dan Griffin, superb. And the way that you not you're focusing on different aspects of Doctor Who as well, like going from mm-hmm. old Doctor to new Doctor. Yeah, I, I love it. As someone who has dipped into the Doctor Who uh, world and kind of like dipped out at, at times. It's good to, to re- be able to like watch along with you and, and kind of like follow the, follow the story. So, yeah. Thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate that. It's going to be interesting as we come to the end of season one, because I've never seen the Doctor Who movie and that's the episode. That's the Ooh. thing that we're covering for the last episode. And I know Dan is proper giddy excited about getting me to watch this, you know? Uh, Dan also mentions it's great when I can find my notes. Yeah, if you listen to last week's and you listen to this week's, which comes out tomorrow, bit of a tale there about me losing my notes and we have to reschedule things. I'm amazed that Maxi hasn't mocked me for still using paper and pen, which, by the way, I'm still doing today. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. No, there we go. There we go. Uh, the Waiting Room podcast as well that we do with Benny Mac. Season two <laughs> is currently... Jesus, <laughs> Season two. You're going to make me blush, mate. Season two is being recorded as... Well, not as we speak, because I'm here. But this week, we're working on some more of it. There's episodes getting all put into the bank ready for a release very very soon really excited about that uh, but most importantly you can find this show on facebook instagram twitter um that TikTok thing of me at chain underscore wrestling uh links to everything else via me at sjp words but this is at chain underscore wrestling uh thank you so so much to everybody for joining us again tonight thank you so so much for everybody everybody's comments in the chat the brilliant interactions we've had on twitter the brilliant school days stories keep your eyes out for next week's non-wrestling topic it's it's just just a fun brilliant time on a monday night i adore it Hopefully, we will have people I missed it joining. Last week. I genuinely missed it last week. Yeah? Oh, that's nice to hear, mate. That's nice to hear. Not you. Uh, the, no, the not, no, no, no. Well, yeah, it, you said. Not, uh, not me. That's fair enough. <laughs> Hopefully, there will be people jumping on and joining you and the rest of the fellas for the WrestleMania watch-alongs this weekend, Magsy. Um, and 
all that aside, I guess I'm off now to try and track down my old English teacher on Instagram. Just to check in on how she's aged, you know, just to have a little look. Okay, Max, I'll see you next week, my friend. I mean, I forgot to even put the music on. That's how old, uh, how out of touch I am. But yes, we'll see you all next week, people. <laughs> Bye-bye.